Well, hello, everybody. My name is Tyler Blanks, and I wanted to welcome you to Pursuing the Kingdom podcast. And I am joined with our co-host, my good buddy, Mark Crawford. (laughs) And uh, we're just excited that you have joined us. We're excited you're coming on this journey with us of Pursuing the Kingdom. Uh, Real quick, you can follow us on Facebook at Pursuing the Kingdom podcast. Um, So we'll dive into the episode. Hello, everybody. And like you heard, this is Pursuing the Kingdom podcast. My name is Tyler Blanks with Mark Crawford. And today we have an awesome guest. He's one of my dearest friends, best friends in the whole world. Uh, His name is Dewey. Dewey's the man. Um, Say hi, Dewey. (laughs) Hi, Dewey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dewey is awesome. So Dewey and I met on a retreat back in 2014. We were both speaking um, sharing our hearts to a bunch of high school kids and, uh, well, high school, junior high, no, it's high school. Yeah. High school kids. We were both sharing our hearts to a bunch of high school kids. And on that retreat, I met Dewey. Uh, we really connected. Dewey is the one who I credit to introducing me with to the Holy spirit. So this is really awesome. And really, uh, I'm excited to have him on from there. He got me connected with the prayer room and we've been, really very, very, very close ever since. So I'm honored to call him a friend and honored to have him on. So yeah. Hallelujah. man, I'm honored to be on for sure. Dude, my man, I'm honored God. to call you a good friend as well. You've been a real blessing to me, especially in the last couple of years. Yeah. So, thanks bro. Yeah. We've been really close since 2019. Thanks to you group together. Yeah, so, absolutely. Hallelujah. So, so uh, Dewey, as you, you might know, or we probably told you, we're we're in a series, series, whatever. We're kind of focusing on people's awakening stories, and we just hope it blesses people and encourages them to hear other people's stories of how they encountered Holy Spirit. And uh, so, yeah, we're just going to, I guess, go through the years. So first and foremost, how did you come to know Holy Spirit? Maybe that's when you initially got saved or... Maybe like you could go both and like when, how you briefly met the Lord and then Holy Spirit came into play in that. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking about how, like just overall people would need to know my testimony before they, not, I'm not going to go into big detail here, but long story short, when I was a young baby, my grandma Drollinger, that's my dad's mom would pray over me in tongues and uh, from there, I guess that kind of is really grandma's prayers is what set me up and preserved me. And it's why uh, I've been preserved from a lot of stuff. I grew up with both my parents smoking pot right in front of me. And my mom would take her one hitter and she would show it to me. And she would say, uh, now don't get enslaved to this like I did. And uh, from there, uh yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I guess I'll go ahead and mention this since this is a Christian podcast and we can just jump right into some deep stuff. I'm also an older virgin, 37 year old virgin, and I feel like I've been very preserved there. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I haven't had a lot of the baggage with relationships and so on and so forth. And so I do think so. I guess also to get a little bit of the word out of the way, too, I do think that uh no matter what Holy spirit is active in everyone's life, everyone period, whether we feel him or not. And what I think of is what was on my heart preparing for the podcast was John 16 and how uh, Jesus says the helper I will say uh, about how is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment of sin. Yes. Because they do not believe in me Amen. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Mm. And then he goes on. Like I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. Where he'll not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. And so that's what I think of first and foremost is Like whether I realized it or not, Holy Spirit was still active in my life and really everyone's lives. 
trying to convict us, trying to draw us closer to the father and closer to Jesus. And so, but I, I will go on also to like what I believe is the first time I ever fully encountered like the tangible Holy Spirit. It was like, yeah, that's Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wanted to first share a little bit about the testimony because I truly believe that Holy Spirit was touching my life from from a baby. Yeah, come on. Grandma Jollinger's prayers. And it also like shows that this is not about us, that God loves building cross-generationally and he gets the glory then and not any single person. Yes. So, so yeah, I, did you guys want me to just go ahead and jump into what I felt like was the first time that I ever encountered, I guess, supernatural Holy Spirit is what I'll kind of define it as. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be perfect. So, so that, that's kind of how you initially got saved. How did you meet the supernatural yeah. side of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. So I guess, well, beyond the preservation, I guess part of how I initially got saved was uh, growing up, reading the Bible a little bit and Christian by name. But then at 22, I started going to this service called Fuel in Bloomington, Northern Illinois, at Eastview. And I read this book, Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, and then Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. And that's when I was like, whoa, this isn't just people hoping for an afterlife and making stuff up. This is like real. And you can research this and see that it's real. And so from there, I got around uh, my friend Andrew Whalen, which you guys have already mentioned, Andrew, I'm sure, before. Oh, yeah. And uh, man. Yeah. I, what I remember was to to even that testament to the John 16 of how Holy Spirit convicts the world concerning sin. I remember being at a small group, Fusion Bible Study, and there came a time where we were just sharing some things, and I was sharing some of the deep sin that I was in at the time. It was November of 2007. And I remember sharing to my friend, a few different people, and especially to my friend Cody Jameson. And Cody told me about Andrew and hey, he's got some real freedom in this. You should meet up with him. And so then that's really, it was through Andrew. Like you say that it was through me that I was kind of the first one to be open about Holy Spirit, healing, tongues, prophetic, all that different stuff. It was really Andrew, like being around Andrew's prayer group. Like God took Dewey the doer and stuck him right in the prayer people. And so it was perfect. Yeah. Like God wanting to balance me out. <laughs> and so that kind of what was led to uh, April of 2008. Like I had already been around Andrew. I didn't realize the prophetic is what was happening. I didn't realize when he'd pray over people and get words that it was supernatural prophetic from God. And I just thought, oh, they're praying some really right on stuff. This is good stuff here. I'm getting good compliments and whatever else. And, you know, people also got sin called out and all sorts of stuff. But then it it was April of 2008. It was Easter or Resurrection Day weekend, whatever you want to call it. And uh, there was this prophet guy from Ohio named Doug Logan. Uh, He looked like a white Mr. Miyagi, as Andrew likes to say. (laughs) And so uh, Doug Logan, we came from Ohio to Central Illinois the Friday of that, that Easter 2008 weekend was over in Champaign-Urbana. And then the Saturday was at the Bloomington house of prayer. And I remember I was still very much in a, like a religious boxed in mindset, very intellectual at the time. I didn't like worship music at the time. I was like, why are we wasting time on these songs? We got to get to the message. I got to write my notes and all this other stuff. And I remember I went and after they got done the songs, I got my notepad out. I was all ready. And then all of a sudden, this old man starts just sitting there going, Woosha! Woosha! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And then he would start going, he'd start going, I tell you what, the spirit of the living God is here right now. <laughs> like the full on G A W D God. <laughs> Yeah. And from there, I remember he said in the 1950s, if you said you had a dream from God, well, you were a kook. (laughs) And he talked about how like 
things had progressed as far as people accepting more and more of the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. And I just sat there kind of bewildered, kind of like, okay, what's the point of this message? And like still very boxed in, still very heady. And so he was going around hugging people, praying for people, getting right on words for people. I remember my friend AJ Shinnery was there. Uh, and I remember he went up to him and son, can I have a hug? You know, he hugged AJ and all these people are like, oh, and so on and so forth. And I was like, okay, this must be a very Pentecostal service in my like boxed in heady intellectual. Mm. Yeah. And so the very next day at the B-Hop, uh, there was some other friends that were there that didn't make it to Champaign-Urbana. Obviously, Andrew was there with his wife and daughter, Josie, because it was only Josie at the time. And uh, my friend Tony Calabrese, Brian Shinnecke, and Nathan Haberland, and then another person. I think it might have been Jeff Serber, but I don't remember. But I remember there was four of them. And they were sitting in one spot, and there was like a prayer line to come up to get prayer from Doug Logan. And this one girl, I think she was coming up to get prayer for like her brother in Iraq or Afghanistan or something like that. And she just kind of like, boom, fell down. And immediately, like my alarm went up, like, what is going on here? You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, all these people think that she's slain in the spirit, which I had no clue what that was at the time whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And instead, uh, Doug Logan basically goes, I've seen this before. Demon, you suit up and tell me your name. And then the women, the woman just like shoots up like Undertaker style, basically from pro wrestling. You ever seen him like whoop, up and uh, she like her, her eyes were like completely almost all black, like large pupils and everything. And she was like twitching and stuff. And it was just like the craziest thing I'd ever seen at the time. Like I remember the B hop had like a storage area that went into the bathroom and I like shut the door to the storage area. And I was just like, freaking out because I kept thinking, okay, this is what those fake televangelists do on TV to try to get money. Like, what is this? Is this stuff actually real? This is freaking me out. And all I kept thinking was, this is what the fake televangelists do. This stuff isn't real. This Hmm. is what the fake televangelists do. But the reality is Andrew's never asked me for money. Hmm. So why would they do this? Like what's going on here? And I come back out and I see Andrew across the room. I remember it clear as day. He was wearing his like tiger Ed Hardy t-shirt and everything. Hmm. And I remember walking up to him and I think I wanted to say like, what the bleep is going on or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Since I was still so new and newly saved and everything. Yeah. And instead I just kind of looked at him, took my hands, pointed at the guy and went, yeah, <laughs> what, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, bleh. And Andrew just leans into me and goes, it's just the spirit moving, bro. And then just walks away, <laughs> leaving me in my bewilderment. And so then I remember uh, going up to Nathan Haberlin and Brian Shinnecke sitting right next to each other. Nathan was a good old farm boy. And Brian was like a leader to a lot of small groups through fuel and like really new Holy Spirit. And I went in between them and I was like, guys, have you ever seen anything like this before? And Nathan was just like me. He was just shocked. And he went, no, no. But uh, Brian just looked at me casually. He's like, oh, yeah. Like it was no big deal. And I was like, what? What And so that was kind of the first time that I had really encountered the spirit moving in a supernatural way. Mm. And I like to say that that was when God took my box where I put him in a box and just like took a hammer to it. Just like, Mm. boom, there goes the box. Yes. And so then I started in summer of 08. I had some friends start coming to Andrews. And all I remember is that Andrew would share right on prophetic words that only he could know. Uh, Actually, you know what? Here, I had this story popped in. Chris Asimar is his name friends with Cody Wickenhauser and the whole reason Cody Wickenhauser started coming to Andrew's group because Chris came to fuel seeing me came to the gym that I was working at. I told him about Andrew's group. He came to Andrew's group and Kelly Whalen had a word for him. And I, I I don't know if I want to share the word, but it was like ride on with his life situation at the time and how he had been leaning on other people that turned out to be not as legit in their following Christ as what he was and wanting to be 
And so like his faith was barely hanging on and it just made him cry. And then, you know, Cody and all the friends come and they get start crying. And so then I'm like seeing the work of the Holy spirit through the prophetic. And uh, yeah, that's an, it was literally like, come and see this man that told me everything. Yeah. Thing. Well, that's well. Trying to get people to Andrew and uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I remember as far as tongue specifically goes, I remember that summer, this lady Val, she was Valerie Neal. Now she's Valerie Tongue Gates and she's married now. Uh, she was praying over somebody and I just hear her almost like clucking like a duck. Like, and I was just like, what is that? Is that this tongue stuff? Mm. And like by now the box had already been broken, hammered through. So I was like, okay, this might be real. And it's right there in the Bible. And so Andrew just kind of went over all the scriptures as far as the Romans 8, 26, the Jude 1, 20, the first Corinthians 14 and how like praying in spirit. And also how uh, he, he went on to say, like, it's not like God takes your tongue by his mouth. Like he, he doesn't go ah with your tongue. Yeah. Or he takes his hand and forces your tongue. Mm-hmm. It's out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Yeah. And so I guess the story as far as Holy Spirit and tongues for me hmm. uh what happened was i started praying into that because first corinthians 14 says earnestly desire spiritual gifts mm-hmm. and then makes the delineation especially if you may prophesy but it says earnestly desire spiritual gifts so i wanted to show god that hey i earnestly desire this this is mm-hmm. something you want to give me so it's something i earnestly desire love you lord yeah and so i kept praying for it and i got like a word that came out one time and that was Shodo Kadaminya. And I remember, and I, and I love telling this story, even though it has like nothing to do with every, anything. Mm-hmm. I was doing some uh, overnight cleaning at the gym that I was working at on Monday mm-hmm. nights. Yeah. And we had this huge Ghostbusters looking backpack vacuum. <laughs> and so I just love to mention that part because I'm just trying to paint a visual of how funny it is that here I am with all these treadmills lifted up. I've got this huge Ghostbusters looking vacuum and I'm frantically repeating Shoto Kataminia, Shoto Kataminia, Shoto Kataminia, Shoto Kataminia, Shoto Kataminia while I'm like vacuuming these treadmills. <laughs> That's awesome. So I just kept uh, trying to show him that I wanted that gift. And then from there, uh, it just came out one day, just and just like all sorts of different words and syllables mm. I had never thought of before. And it just flowed. Like literally, I wasn't mm. thinking, which like it says, first Kings 14, 14, how the spirit prays, the mind's unfruitful. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. And and that for those like listening, I, I think that's what's powerful about tongues is exactly what you say. The prayers, the spirit prays because the mind's unfruitful. And that's what's amazing about it is a lot of times when we pray in our natural sense, we're you know, we might pray with our heart, but our mind is involved in it as well. But, um, man, when we get to pray in the spirit, it's simply our spirit man crying out to the father. And I think that's, what's beautiful. I think that's the power of tongues and getting filled with that, which is awesome. So those are like early years. Um, do you have maybe some demonstrations of how Holy spirit has shown up supernaturally in your life from those like early initial encounters, uh, that you wanted to share then? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess the other one to share of the early years that just popped in my head was healing. I really, in 2008, 2009, got a hold of some Curry Blake, John G Lake stuff and really learned about healing and really went after healing. And I remember uh, this lady, Cindy, she uh, was going to Andrews. She was a hospice nurse. And so she'd visit people's houses. And uh, there was this lady, Kathleen in Pekin, that Cindy wanted to have me pray for since I was going after healing. And I remember one night in October, I want to say it was October of 09, that I uh, traveled there to Pekin with Cindy and we prayed for this lady. Uh, Kathleen had like congenial burnt born with congenial heart failure that become congestive heart failure and like 60% blockage or something to that effect, fibromyalgia, all sorts of different stuff. And so I remember praying like 
commanding it to come out, like commanding, like be healed and all sorts of different stuff. We had her up walking. She couldn't walk very much at all because of the heart failure, how weak she was because of it. And I remember we did that twice. And then finally she said something about uh, arrhythmia, a regular heartbeat. And so I had her put, uh, the only thing I thought of was hands on her heart and then my hands on her hands. So she put her hands on her heart, on her chest, and I put my hands on her hands. And then I commanded every bit of everything wrong and the irregular heartbeat to leave in Jesus name for it to completely be healed. And then she looks up at me like, Oh, it's regular. And I thought uh-huh. she was joking with me. I was like, what for real? Like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then like, she got up and she was walking with, like just completely strong. Like how long is this going to last? This is amazing. I've never felt this much energy in years. And mm. so he kept saying, you're healed. You're healed. Whoa. God healed you. Don't let the <laughs> devil tell you differently. Come on. We went out to her favorite Chinese place that she hasn't been able to make the steps up to in years. She always wow. had it delivered. Whoa. And uh, yeah, like I remember receiving word from Cindy a week later that her doctors were baffled that so much healing had taken place. In her. <laughs> Come on. And it was just like, God is amazing. And so uh, to finally get to your, I, I want to get the healing part too, but to get to your, Next question, as far as like how I've seen the Holy Spirit um, move since then, as I've continued to come closer with the Lord and how I have uh, kind of sustained a relationship with the Holy Spirit. What I think of is, of course, tongues, like no matter what life stage I was in, I've held on to tongues because that was something that was real that happened to me when I was alone. That was not like anything that could be misconstrued or misinterpreted. And it's been a powerful way for me to pray. And it just flows now, yeah. no matter where I'm at, right. whether it be in the car uh, right now, I'm in Dallas near upper room. So whether it be in the middle of upper room or whatever, wherever it might be. Sometimes it's even like in the middle of a, when I'm uh, for the listeners, I'm a wedding videographer and sometimes it's in the middle of, you know, capturing a wedding when something crazy might be happening. And so, (laughs) and so, yeah, and I always do that one really low because you don't necessarily want audio from the camera. Although I usually don't use my own camera audio for them. And so, uh, I think tongues is one thing. And then interestingly enough, what I thought about as far as like, how have I sustained relationship with the Holy Spirit and how I've seen an encounter, I think of just quiet time with the Mm. Lord. Mm. And there's so many times where I've gotten words that the Lord loves that you listen to him. Mm. The Lord loves that you're a friend. You're like a David. And what I think about is so many times on my bed, I've just laid there and prayed and I'd be in tongues or I'd be just laying there thinking. And I'm thinking I'm just thinking, but then I'm just receiving revelation about different situations. And I realize, Oh my gosh, this is revelation. This isn't just Dewey's thoughts. And so many like, you know, applying Bible to different situations to be able to help out myself, my family. And so for me, I guess it is kind of just secret place, just kind of thinking and praying and then tongues. And so that would be practices to uh, continue to move in the Holy Spirit. And then I guess it's also stepping out in faith and uh, praying for healing over people, prophetic over people. And especially when you just know you have a word for somebody, even if they're a stranger, those are usually the ones that are most right on compared to like, Oh, come give a word to my friend. And it's like, you're trying to muster up something. And it's like, no, like if the Lord's not speaking, the Lord's not speaking. I'm tired of these nicey, nice, catchy huh. words. I want to be accurate. Yeah. Anything else now. Come on. And so, um, yeah. And I guess just being around, many different things. I think Holy spirit also in the middle of worship services, when people uh, open up to the Lord, I think of so many times the uh, uh, upper room, people will accuse them of being overly emotional when even just this last weekend, they were talking about how uh, passion is, uh, what is it? 
pursuit is just passion expressed and pursuing mm. the Lord. And so, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I've seen. And then, yeah, I guess it's just in different situations. You just see crazy things come together that you just know, Oh, this is Holy spirit. I mm. think of, of the awakening and great banquet weekends. Yep. What you were talking about, about that retreat earlier. Yeah. And I think of just so many moving parts that come together perfectly somehow, some way. And I think of even like, I remember that, you know, four hour time between Denny's and then my <laughs> apartment at the crossings at the time and yeah. watching revival him. And so I guess it's just still boom, just pursuing the Lord, I guess yeah. would be how I've seen, how I've sustained relationship with Holy spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I love like what you're saying about how tongues is just like sustained you so much you know, as you've been looking through all of this throughout your life with Christ, because like, you know, Paul says in, in first Corinthians, he talked, as he's talking about tongues, he says that that's a gift that's meant for edifying ourselves and building us up in faith and drawing us closer to God in his presence. And so I think that's such an important like aspect of the gift of tongues that like, I think it's something that we all know, but it's something that sometimes gets overlooked. And so I love that that's become such a deep and, deeply rooted part of your life in Christ. That's awesome. Absolutely. And Paul also says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like he even says, like, I speak in tongues by myself a lot, basically. And then he says in church, if there's no interpretation, I'd rather five words in the natural than a million in tongues. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, he makes that delineation as far as prayer language tongues and how he pray, how much he prays in tongues. Right. And even that first Corinthians 13, where it talks about if I speak in tongues of men and of angels. So that means that there's like literally angelic languages that we don't even know of. Mm -hmm. And that's where tongues can come in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you have anything, Mark? No. Just okay, cool, cool. That stood out to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I, I I know you just talked a little bit about how you've been able to like sustain Holy spirit. Um, where do you feel like he's taken you? Cause I, I know like for all of us, like, you know, we, we meet the Lord, but we're also still growing in him. And so do you feel like he's taken you to places? How, how have you journeyed with him on that? Um, yeah. All that. Well, I guess the, the first thing that comes to mind right now has been, uh, so I'll go ahead and just share more of the testimony type stuff and just go over it. And in 2013, 14, I had some real tough times come for the sake of honoring people that May, may never listen to this podcast, but still, you never know. I just had some people that kind of assassinated my character. They called out some things that I was doing uh, wrong in as far as coming from a heart of striving and still trying to have status and taking my worth from my works and my status. Kind of the same kind of works system that people have in the natural and the secular and just doing it in Christianity instead of realizing the reality that we receive our worth, just like a baby, a baby does nothing but receive. Yeah. Like that's how it is with the Lord. Like he first loved us and he, an outside entity is the one that declares our worth. And he declared us worthy enough to die for Amen. on the cross. And so, uh, yeah, I didn't really realize that back in 2012, 13, 14, there was still a lot of striving. And uh, I just had some friends also that questioned a lot of the prophetic because there has been a lot of prophetic that has just been people's hearts, especially in the political realm, has, mm -hmm. has just been emotionalism, has given the prophetic a bad rap. And I wrestled with what was true and what was real. And so I did kind of live like a wrestling, almost double-minded lifestyle, 2014, 15, 16. And it was around 15, 16. I don't know if you've ever met, mentioned her on the podcast, but Tracy, who's like a spiritual mom to our group, uh, yeah. she started coming around with our friend Joe, her son, to Andrew's group. And she, she reminds me how honored she was when I said this. 
She was like, Dewey, when I first came to Andrew's group, I could tell that you were burnt, fried, and crispy on the prophetic. You wanted almost nothing to do with it. Huh. And she goes, but I remember you saying, like, you know, there's a lot of witchcraft where there's a lot of just overly emotional prophetic that's not really prophetic. But Tracy, her dreams and her prophetic is right on. Wow. And so uh, I guess I'm, I'm not even sure what the question was right now, but I want to keep going with the story. I guess how I've seen Holy Spirit move and uh, so on and so forth has been like in 2019 when Tracy, I remember her having that dream of Haggai 2 and then waking up reading it and then how it said on the 26th day of the ninth month. And then she looks and she's reading it on September 26th. I remember this. And yeah. how she basically <laughs> formed our prayer group, which with, I remember Mark was there, like you guys yeah. both and uh, yeah. Joe, her son and Tracy herself. Well, and, it's funny if I can jump in. Cause I, I yeah. remember, I remember this. She like, she read that on the 26th day of the ninth and had guy too. And without knowing that on that exact day, we, we had taken a, a bit off from prayer. Cause like Andrew moved and we were kind of just doing whatever. I remember on September 26th, I texted Tracy and said, we need to meet together for prayer right after she read that. Whoa. I didn't remember that part of the story, man. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, it was on the like 26th day of the ninth month that I texted her when she had just read that story. It was ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's amazing. Praise God. And so from there, I guess that's when my dream life really started to explode. I had some really cool dreams. I, I, yeah, I guess that's one thing I haven't mentioned yet is like Holy Spirit speaks through dreams too. Right. And uh, dreams, I mean, look at it. It's literally right there in our Bible, right there in our central Christmas story. Like Joseph, Jesus' stepdad. Yes. The earthly father, if you want to call him that. Joseph had a dream and that's why Jesus wasn't killed. As a new yep. Father. Come on. And so, uh, yeah, I remember it was October 2019. I was about to go to a meet and greet and uh, I, I just didn't have a piece about it. And I was like, Lord, I need a dream tonight about this. It was a wrestling meet and greet. And I remember I went to sleep that night and I had a dream where I was in this elevator with these two Christian wrestlers, the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. And that's who was at the meet and greet was Cody Rhodes. And I remember uh, in the dream, we, they got a certain lobby floor halfway up this tower and they all walked out. And then Cody Rhodes was going to another elevator. And I looked at Matt Jackson and he looked at Cody Rhodes and he looked at me and said, Dewey, we're not ready for that yet. And so I knew that was Lord saying like, don't pray for them at the meet and greet. So I was like, well, if I'm not going to pray for them, then I'm not going to mess around with like even going or whatever. But I shared that with Tracy. And I remember my heart was still in this, I don't necessarily 100% hear God on my own. I need to run my dreams by Andrew or by Doug or by Tracy or whoever else to prove it. And Tracy just simply goes, Dewey, don't you realize how close the father is? You can hear him for yourself. And it was like, boom, like that's what ushered me into so much more of an intimate relationship with the Lord is realizing that each one of us, no matter what you believe, you don't need the approval of man. You just need to go in with a genuine heart to want to know God and give everything to God mm. and not use God because that's when your dreams, that's when the prophetic will go awry, but a genuine heart for him. And when you do that, like he will lead you perfectly. Mm. He leads perfectly. It's when our hearts are, when there's mixture and stuff like that. And that's when things go awry. Mm. And that's what I've seen too, ever since then has been, uh, I guess, another work of the Holy Spirit is sanctification, sanctifying us. And that's definitely what I've seen since then has been, uh, he'll bring up something or I'll go through a process and I will see uh, just, what am I trying to say here? I will see what parts of my heart were still needing sanctification, needing to be given over to the Lord. 
And so I guess that's another aspect of Holy Spirit. He's always working on us as well. And so, so yeah. And then, yeah, I've had tons of dreams about tons of different situations ever since then. Mm-hmm. And people said like, instead of Andrew Whalen being the dreamer, now people have said like, Oh, Dewey, he's such a dreamer. And I'm like, I am, I am. Wow. Praise yeah. God. I am. <laughs> yeah. So Amen. it's pretty cool. I mean, he says like, ask anything in my name in full belief and I will give it to you. Yeah. And like the whole James two, I, I don't remember if it was James one or James two, but I believe it's James one at one verse two, where he talks about like, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, but then it goes on. I think it's verse five or six where it talks about like, ask God and he will give you wisdom. Mm. Like he really does give it to you. It's simple as asking him yeah. who knows how, how he's going to give it to you, but it really does happen. Mm. And so I think that's where it comes back to belief and that whole Hebrews eleven six 6 reality of believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm. And that other like Luke 11, where it talks about if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to his children that cry out? Yeah. And right. yeah, it's just so much of knowing and believing that he's good probably one of the biggest things that that has come out of my heart and I've learned this uh, semester, this year has been Titus one fifteen, where it says to the pure, all things are pure, but to the unbelieving and cynical, nothing is pure. And it's one of those things where as long as you have pure heart and truly seek God and truly desire, believe him. And every time you realize you're not believing him, say, God, I want to believe you like, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. Yep. And so on and so forth and keep seeking him. Like Jeremiah 29, 13, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Like he will develop relationship with you. God wants that intimacy. It's it's, he's not holding back on you. Wow. And so just keep on, there might be some things that feel like delay and there might be some things that feel like they're far off or they're separate or like there's a wall between you and that thing that you really promised that you feel like you've gotten from the Lord Mm. or something to that effect. But uh, it's all about seasons and he knows when is most effective, why is most effective, how is most effective for revealing his heart in different seasons, different times. And therefore you becoming more and more like him because that's the whole end goal of this is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yes. And people seeing on you and tasting feeding on you and you just experiencing all the blessings of people being your treasure and just seeing God's connection move all throughout. Yeah. And so, so I guess I just kind of ranted and went on scripture there for a while. It's good. It's all good. That's good. Yeah. I have a, I have one last thing. I know we're probably getting close to wrapping up here, but I want, I, I know you mentioned it earlier. You have a, a business, your wedding videographer. So one, I wanted to honor on the pub podcast and have like a space where people can hear about it. But how do you feel? I, I, find it super fascinating always when um, people partner with Holy spirit in their everyday life. And it's not just like, Oh, I was at a church service and this happened. It's like, no, I was at work and this happened. Like, I think it's the coolest thing ever. So have you ever noticed a time where Holy spirit you've partnered with Holy spirit in your business? First of all, what is your business? You should say that. And then what, uh, how that's, yeah. I guess the story with that is uh, just before you started coming to Andrew's prayer room, I, it was October of 23rd. No, it was earlier than that when they asked me, but summer of 2013, when this couple, Wes and Robin, uh, asked me to video their wedding because I was doing sound tech and all sorts of different stuff for Andrew. All I was doing at the time was throwing a camcorder up in the corner to videotape Andrew. So I had literally zero clue what I was doing. I, uh, I literally got two more high eight tape cassette handicam camcorders and used those plus a high eight that I already had in the HD camcorder to film Weston Robbins wedding, October, 2013. And so I had zero clue what I was doing professionally, but I just, whenever I'd pray about it, I just felt like 
that was the route I was supposed to go. That was a possible career option. You know, I was 28, about to turn 29 at the time. I was wrestling with the fact that I never went to college because I wanted to be a pro wrestler. And so I skipped college and I was wrestling with just what to do. And some doors were semi-open, semi-closed as far as personal training stuff. And I knew that my heart was in more of a techie type field. And I knew I wanted to be creative, even though I've never really considered myself that creative, especially compared to people that are super creative, like our friend Joe. And uh, yeah, I just still felt like I was meant to go down that route. And so Dewey on Point Productions, www.dewey.com. So I started off doing tape conversion because obviously I needed to learn how to digitize those high eight tapes and just a crazy circumstance. Talk about Holy Spirit working where uh, like my old friend, Bo, his brother, Bear, his ex-girlfriend, like was doing newscasting in Los Angeles Hmm. and uh, there the station was getting rid of the time-based correctors, which is the hardware you need for tape conversion. And so I got like a thousand dollar piece of equipment for like a hundred bucks. (laughs) Come on. And so just crazy how that all worked out to be able to professionally do tape conversion and Mm. do it well. And so from there, uh, I guess kind of, I felt like it was the Lord that got me into the business and I just kind of struggled through a lot of growing pains. Still, I still feel like I'm struggling through growing pains. Hmm. And a lot of that has been identity stuff. A lot of that has been shame, especially when compared to other creatives. A lot of that has been uh, just warfare. Like I, I, the more and more I've thought about it, the more and more I've been like, man, I think I'm supposed to be in this just because every time I think of becoming an electrician or a plumber or doing Airbnb or something like that. It's like those, all the grass is greener on the other side, but there's been so much warfare over my business, over my videography that I feel like that's what I'm meant to keep doing that somehow, some way the Lord's going to use it in the future. And my mom points out how the Lord's already used it Hmm. and how many wedding couples I've blessed. And I've had wedding couples that straight up told me that, Hey, it's been a year later and quite frankly, our marriage was on the rocks. But recently we've been watching your video for our wedding. I watched it like 10 times the other day. Oh. And just like stuff like that is just like, wow, like the Lord really is using this. This this really did start off with him. And there's been so much warfare around it that I guess it needs to just keep on going. And so from there, he has been involved. I've gotten like different marketing ideas from the Lord concerning that. And even recently, as far as some changes concerning the the permanent move to Texas, when I finally permanently move in November and get the Texas license plate and everything else. Mm. And uh, yeah, there's just a lot of different restructure. And I just feel like so many times when I've gotten a good shot, it's not been me. It's been just the Lord leading Mm. me. And a good case. Oh, here's two cool stories involving my friend Dylan. Dylan Elliott is his name. Fly Square Media. I'll plug him too in Central Illinois. He's a good dude. And uh, the first time he ever second shot a wedding for me was August of 21. I had already shot for him a bunch of different times, did my drone for him. And uh, basically, I had already booked the wedding. I had known the bride thanks to the gym that I used to work at, although I hadn't seen her in years. And uh, from there, uh, I got Dylan to be the second shooter. He was like, oh, Kimmerling, man, that was the last name of my favorite teacher, my third grade teacher. Lo and behold, we get there. The bride's mom was Dylan's favorite teacher, third grade teacher. Nice. And it was one of those cool God things where I was like, bro, that's God. Like, cause I remember I was going to have you possibly second shoot at Tyler. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about Joe. I was thinking about Blake. And I was like, man, I really feel like I'm supposed to go with Dylan this time. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to go. Ahead. I know he's going to do good. I know he, he works so hard and so on and so forth. And then boom, it was just amazing. And so I'm glad I went That's with awesome. the Lord on that. Yeah. And then the most recent wedding I did July 2nd for Aaron and Anna, Pear Tree Estate in Champaign. 
And uh, it just felt like God was all around their marriage. Aaron's stepdad was the officiant. It's the one I'm editing right now as we speak. And not literally right now, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, like he had a very clear, amazing message as far as man should not uh, be alone and just good stuff. And beyond that, when we went outside for sunset photos, like boom, a double rainbow was Hmm. outside. And it was just like, wow, God, you really show up and show off so many different ways. And so, yeah, I, I guess I've seen him in those kind of ways, as well as connecting with other creatives. Oh, here's another cool one. Dylan and Blake, I second shoot for, for Dylan and he second shoots for me. And then Blake, I second shoot for all the time. Uh, We've mentioned him in our friend group. His name is Blake Ransom. He's a very high-end videographer. He's mostly doing commercial work, but he still takes on a few weddings here and there for the right price and right people. And uh, Blake all the time is like, man, you're my top second shooter. I always want you, bro. Just nobody else gives me the peace. You have so mm. much peace. And you just know things are going to work out. And like, he's like, I have so much anxiety all the time on wedding days. Or on anything. He's like, I want my Dewey bottled up in a jar with me or something. Nice. And so I can tell that that's Holy Spirit touching people just through what he's done in me. And he's just created that restful peace where I know the Lord's going to work it out. And the Lord's going to bless people because the Lord wants to touch them and loves them. Yes. And so. So, So yeah. Amen. So there you go. If, if anybody listening has a wedding, holler at me. I travel hey, wherever. Yeah. I'm doing Texas ones. I'm doing Illinois ones. And it'd be fun to travel wherever, however, all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who knows whatever else, however else the Lord leads. I am taking on a few other little projects here and there. Growing into commercial work. We'll see how the Lord leads with that. And so... Yeah, and some other plans the Lord has on my horizon concerning scalability and passive income and stuff. So, Amen. That's good. Amen. I love that. Well, Dewey, you're the man. Thanks again for popping on and sharing your heart. And uh, it's always encouraging to hear and always encouraging to hear uh, testimonies of Holy Spirit, which is awesome and um, well, we just pray that the podcast blesses whoever listens um, and that was, you, you learn something. Go ahead. I was going to ask, would we be able to end off in prayer for the listeners? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Why cool. Why don't we do it? Why don't you tell people where they can connect with you on social media? Oh, cool. Pray for people. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Facebook, Dewey Drollinger, D-E-W-E-Y. And then Drollinger with a G D R O L L I N G E R. Uh, and then Facebook.com slash Dewey on point, www.deweyonpoint, Instagram's Dewey on point. Everything's basically Dewey on point. Yeah. And then my personal and travel Instagram is Dewster JC, D E W S T E R J C. Uh, you can easily get to that from Dewey on point. And then, yeah. Yeah, that's that's how you can get hold of me right now, and we'll see how the Lord leads on some different things in the future. Mm-hmm. So, man, yeah, cool. I love so it. Who, did we want to popcorn this prayer for the listeners? Or let's do it. Do you want to? If you want to start, and then cool. we can we can kind of close it out. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First God, just we thank you for all of who you are, Lord. Thank you that you are good. You are holy. You are faithful. You are true. I pray that some of my stories here, it's really your stories, Lord. Mm -hmm. It's really been your story in my life. And I pray that some of my stories could touch, encourage people. I pray that every wall that person has up as they listen, that the walls would melt away. Mm. Anybody that listens that's wrestling with tongues or anything like that, I pray that walls would melt away. I pray most importantly, your love would be felt, Lord. Mm. I pray that people would not hear the stories and think, I want that, but they would hear the stories and think, I can have that. Mm. Oh my gosh. So God, I just pray every person would realize 
just the reality of the gospel, the reality of being a good seed, the reality of the cross, that you switched places with us, Lord, hmm. that it is finished, that we now have access to the Father. Hallelujah. And that now we have, we've been set free from the penalty of sin. Mm. And now as we walk with you, we continue to get set free more and more from the power of sin. God, I pray that every single person that listens, that they would know that there can be, that they would know and believe that there can be a freedom in Christ. Hallelujah. And that you have gifts, you have joy everlasting for us, Lord. I pray a hope, a hope, a hope in the people's hearts all around. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yeah, Father, I I just bless those who are listening to this podcast. God, I ask for an increase of Holy Spirit in their life, Lord, that they would not only have an increase with the Holy Spirit, but most importantly, the Son, Lord, (laughs) that the Son would come and that He would make a home in their lives, God. That Holy Spirit would come and make a home in their lives, God. That striving ceases, Lord, in their life. That striving and, and desiring to try to do things in your name would cease and that doing things in your name would become natural and a byproduct because of who dwells within them, Jesus. So I pray oh, yeah. that the Son and the Holy Spirit and the Father come and fill their lives, Lord. Make their heart a dwelling place. You say that our body is a temple unto you, God. I pray that you come and fill the temple right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you for the the continuous work of of sanctification that you do in each and every one of us. God, that as we um, just continue our journey with you, that you never stop pouring into our lives and that you are forming us in your image and making us holy Lord, just as you are holy. God, I just pray that you would just come in each and every person's life and just take up your throne upon, uh, upon their praise, upon their hearts. And God just reign and rule in people's lives. Lord, fill them to overflow. Let them experience your presence in new and tangible ways. God, if, if anyone is, just questioning or, or wondering what comes next in my life. God, what, what do you have next for me? Lord, just open, open a door to reveal to them the work that you're doing. Lord, and give them the faith to step through that door and to never look back and follow you fully and deeply into your love and into your will for their life. Lord, we just surrender everything to you and, and we, we give our lives to you. Yes. Hallelujah. Father, we just pray this all in in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you catch us on Facebook and, uh, you know, the podcast app on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the fun stuff. It's Pursuing the Kingdom podcast. Dewey, thanks again. You're the man. Yes. And uh, we'll catch you all next time. Yeah. Have a good one. Blessings. <laughs>